Welcome back, guys, to another edition of the Third and Long podcast. As always, we have Dylan um, and Dom with me. So we've had a crazy week throughout the world of sports. Just everything that could happen has been going on. Um, most importantly, though, we do have the World Series. It has gone into Game 7 between the Nationals and the Astros. Um, last time we talked to you guys, we were on Game 3, I believe. Um, game 2. Game 2, yeah. And, you know, that was obviously an electrifying game, but this entire series has just, you know, kind of six, blown out my expectations. Um, so, Dylan, let's recap with um, Game 3. Let's start with Game 3. Um, how how did you analyze these two teams going in? You obviously had the Astros who uh, won the first two, and now you have the Nationals who are trying to get, you know, angry and hungry and trying to get this win. Um, how did you see both of these teams, you know, really getting down to the nitty-gritty? So you said we're looking at specifically at game three or just the entire series from three to six? Let's just start with three for right now. So three, I will say that the final score was four to one and the Astros won. That was the first game in Washington, I believe, because Washington won the first two games on the road, then Houston won the next three on the road. Yeah. So that was the first game in Washington. Also, this is the first time – I saw some stat. It was the first time that a seven-game series, the first six games have been won by the away team, and there's been like 14 in, the, in like all sports, which is insane. Mm-hmm. So I think that's – this is a already a historic World Series, of course. Um, I just think that the – for some reason, the home field advantage in baseball has been like decreasing a lot recently, even before this World Series, because the first two games, the Nationals dominated on the road, and the next three, the Astros won on the road, and then the Nationals just won in uh, Houston. So it's in D.C. tonight, I believe. No, it is in um, Game 7 in Houston. In Houston. In Houston. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> so it was two in Washington, three in Houston, two in – one in D.C., one in Houston. Okay. Um. I just think – I think the Astros – I'm going to give a prediction for, for tonight's game, uh, which is actually happening right now. Goriel just hit a home run. That is, that is – update. I was about to find that. Um, so, the – I think the Astros are going to win. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know who's pitching for the Astros. Zach Greinke. That is their worst – of the three pitchers, as I said last week. Um, I mean, Verlander was struggling, so I guess that could be a good fallback option for them. I think the Astros are going to win. I just think that their their experience, because there's not, like, a big difference because the Nationals have three pretty good, really good, I'll, I won't say pretty good, really good starters, and the Astros have three even better starters, and then the both of the lineups are just filthy. I think the Astros win... Five to two. Five to two. That's, I, all right. that's, that's what I got. I mean, I like that score. Um, this is, series has obviously been, you know, there have been some games where it's kind of lopsided. It goes from, you know, I think it, at one point it was like seven to one and it's something like that in the scores. And, you know, I think game seven is the game where it's going to be, obviously right now, since it's going on right now, um, is the game where it's going to be the most close um, like you said, we have Granky pitching tonight for the Astros. And the shocker to me is that um, Max Scherzer is pitching for the Nationals. Um, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Max Scherzer, Scherzer is an amazing pitcher, but um, their other pitcher, Steven Strasburg, he's six and zero in the postseason this year. I don't know why you don't go off with a guy like that. Um, he's allowed. He pitched last night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I get it that he pitched. He last needs night. more day. He needs more than twenty hours of rest. I I don't know. I think if you're gonna have a guy like this, and I think at what one point he got. Um, if I'm right, I think he got pulled like towards the end, or Scherzer went in at some point. I'm not entirely sure, but I don't know. I think if you just throw him in for the first, you know, three innings and then kind of set a tone, and then put in Scherzer, um, I think that's kind of a kind of a scary thing for the Astros to go up against. And I mean, both pitchers have kind of been, you know dialing down on the scoring and you know not letting the hitters score and stuff like that but I just think that um you know in the end this one mistake if Scherzer can't keep it together and then just kind of crumbles a little bit like a slightest window is going to give the Astros a enormous opportunity to capitalize um and then it will eventually become hard for the Nationals to kind of um recover from that I do, however, think that um, I think the Astros are going to win the series. I just think that their hitting is just has improved so much over the past couple of years, and now I think it's really at the peak. Um, their offense is incredible. Their defense, you know, is making the necessary plays that they need to, um, and it just kind of comes down to little details with these two teams. Um, yeah, um, I agree with that. This um this series has been pretty interesting. Um, the the Nationals have kept it a lot closer than anybody really has expected. But yeah, like you're saying right now, like like you said earlier, if Scherzer starts to crumble, that's the turning point. And right now, I mean, you guys are probably gonna watch this in the future. Know what happens? But um, there's three a uh, home run with Gurriel, then Jordan Alvarez and Correa had back to back hits, and that's the bottom of the order. So once it gets to Springer, Altuve. Bregman, Brantley, there's no stopping them. But I think the Nationals will pull it off. I mean, not to my, my own horn or anything, but I've had a perfect bracket um, for <laughs> the things. And I have the Nats in seven, so I'm just going to – I have to ride with it. So, yeah, I got the Nats. I actually uh, – a few days ago or like a week ago, I'm not sure exactly when, I DM'd one of my friends and I said – Astros are winning in less than seven. I said oh, I yeah. bet money on Astros win in six or less. Well, I would have lost my money. That is, that would have been said. Uh, quick update, just because I just saw this for anybody who's interested in MLS soccer. Atlanta United just took a one nothing lead in the third minute of the game against Toronto FC. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, moving on. So about the next topic, Noah. Um, well, actually, I wanted to say for Game Six, if you watch that. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I know, but if you watch it for uh, Game <laughs> Six, Trey Turner, the, the huge controversy that kind of happened. Um, Trey Turner was, you know, running towards first base, and uh, you know he he's about to step on the pl- on the on the base, and then um. The ball gets thrown to the first baseman, and he catches the ball, but then it, like, 
falls out of his glove and then um you know it, he should be ruled safe technically but um the umpire calls him out and then they look at the replay apparently like you know Turner's foot was really close to the bag before you know he was even tagged or anything like that it's it was just kind of very confusing um for everybody to kind of determine um so he was ended up ruling getting ruled out um but David Martinez you know he sees all of this he you know, kind of loses his marbles and just kind of goes off on the umpire. Um, he ends up getting ejected. Honestly, I think after, even after David Martinez got ejected, the team really kind of held their own. Um, and that just kind of shows the maturity of this team and that, you know, stuff may happen, but you just kind of need to move past it and then um, just kind of hold your own and, you know, move on. So, I think that that was very interesting. That was um, obviously a hot-headed moment um, in the World Series, and just shows how uh, fiery this um, this series is, and how much these te- two teams want it. So I just think that was an interesting point to see it, all that happening. Um, well, we did have a huge, not really huge. We had. A highly anticipated trade deadline. That's and, that's the right word to use. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say that was not at all what I was expecting. I thought there was going to be, you know, the obvious trades, trades, Chris Harris, Trent Williams, all this stuff. Um, but everything just kind of fell flat. Um, well, let's start with, you know, the obvious trades that happened. Um, you get down to Michael Bennett uh, getting traded. Um from the Patriots to the Dallas Cowboys, um, there, it was obvious for basically a bag of yeah, trash. It was obvious that you know yeah. he kind of didn't want to be there. Um, it's it just kind of you know came down to I I don't know. He had an argument with his positions coach. He wasn't happy with the situation at all, um, and you know it didn't end up working out for the Patriots because he's. Uh, obviously a very good player. He is aging a little bit, but um, you can't afford to lose a guy like that. He's just so talented. Um, now the Cowboys get another great help on defense, and you don't, you know, if the Cowboys can really tie together the QB piece, Dak Prescott needs to tighten up, tighten it up a little bit, then they're going to be a very dangerous team coming into next year. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um. The thing with Michael Bennett, though, I'm not surprised they moved on from him because he wasn't getting that much playing time. He was kind of mad about that and speaking up. And when they have by far the best defense in the league, I think, um, why not move on from him? You don't really need him if he's not playing. So at least you got, I mean, a, a, a seventh-round pick in two years is about as low as you can get, but it, it's something. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it helps, it helps out the both teams in a way because – now, the Patriots weren't using him anyway. So now you get a draft pick out of him, and their defense is already the best defense in the league, historically one of the best defenses that you know we've seen. Although they haven't, like I've said in the past, they haven't gone up against the best teams. It doesn't matter. The numbers that they have been producing are just, you know, insane. And it's, you know, definitely something that everybody needs to watch for. Um Another trade that happened was the Jets get rid of Leonard Williams. They send him to New York, the New York Giants for a third and a fifth round pick, which honestly I think is kind of high. Um, Dylan, for Leonard Williams, what would you, if you're the um, Giants, what are you giving up for Leonard Williams? 
So I think that that was that was probably too high of a um the picks were too high that they gave up to get Williams. Williams I believe was drafted in 2015. Um that is correct. in the top 10 and didn't Beasley go that year as well? Yes. Okay, cool. Um so the Falcons were trying to trade Beasley as well, and they couldn't get anything for him. Um, surprise, Leonard Williams got that much, like, significantly more. Because Beasley, apparently, the Falcons couldn't even get, like, a fifth or sixth. And I'm surprised that Williams garnered that much more, um, like, trade trade return than Beasley, considering they're in the same draft class, and they both had, like, one good year, and they're on their last year of the deals. I think that was kind of too much. I would have given up, like, a... I mean, this, I mean, I guess the Jets wouldn't have done this, but I would have offered like a fourth and a fifth, not a third. And a, I mean, it's a third and a fifth that can become a fourth, which is even higher. So maybe like a fourth and a sixth would have made sense for me, but I don't. I guess the Giants, um, Jets would not have accepted that. I guess if they wanted to just have a shot in the dark re- uh, reclamation project in his, I think, final year of his rookie deal, then try to resign him or something, then. I guess go ahead, but I think it was an overpay. Yeah, I mean, and Leonard Williams, I th- to me, I think if you just look at him, he's a better defensive end than Vic Beasley would be just because I think Vic Beasley is more of a linebacker-ish built person. I don't, you know, at DE, I think he could kind of get overpowered by any bigger he, offensive He line. likely, he often is. He was listed as like a early in his career, in late college career, who was like a D-end outside linebacker hybrid type guy. But mm-hmm. he's not been generating any pass rush as a D end, and and when he's been playing linebacker, he's just been dropping into zones and doing nothing. So I I yeah, I think Williams just Williams is actually able to get some type of pass rush because he's a bigger guy. He can like have some have some uh have some strength to get past some of the bigger tackles or even just any of the tackles. Beasley has gotten stood up a lot, so I think Williams fits better as a D end than Beasley does as either position. Yeah, and it just it just kind of comes down to I I do think that Leonard Williams is a more skilled player, so you're obviously going to get more for him. Um, another trade to look at is Kenyon Drake. You know, obviously was the running back for the Miami Dolphins. Um, got traded over to the Arizona Cardinals for a conditional sixth round pick. The Cardinals, um, you know, lost David Johnson for a game. He's still going to be a game time decision tomorrow. Um, well, uh, Thursday as they. Um, who do they play tomorrow? I am so sorry, I forgot. Niners. Yeah, the 49ers. Um, Niners, okay. The yeah, Chase Edmonds is also out for that game. Yeah, so this this does help them in the running back position, but, I mean, it it's Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake hasn't produced like anybody thought he would. He's, you know, kind of just fell flat. Same with most of the people in Miami. Devontae Parker fell flat, um, and it's just kind of disappointing, but I do think Kenyon Drake will be a decent part of this Cardinals turnaround, you know, as they try to really loop it back in and um, get back to the playoff form that they used to be with, uh, you know, when Larry Fitzgerald was more in his prime and everybody like that. Um, another thing to look at, Jannard Avery. Um, this is this is the thing. I'm obviously a Browns fan. This is the one thing that I do not get. He is a defensive end, offensive linebacker – outside linebacker um and he is a young skilled guy 
we drafted him in 2016, 2017, I believe. That's that's a young player. And we trade him to the Eagles because he doesn't fit in our defensive scheme. Steve Wilkes can make any defensive scheme work, but he decides to stick to uh, – what is he even running? Like a 4-3? You can put in um, Jannard Avery at defensive end without a doubt. Olivier Vernon, he hasn't been getting that very many, uh, you know, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, whatever you want him to do. Jannard Avery led us at one point in tackle for loss um, in his rookie season. It, it's it's kind of a shame, and you trade him for a fourth-round pick in 2021. Um, you would obviously want to, you know, maybe get a little bit more for that if we would have played him a little bit more. He didn't play until um, – we put him in during the Patriots game and, you know, he's just gone after that. So it's, um, it's a shame that we kind of wasted him away. And, you know, if we would have played him more, we could have got a fourth, uh, you know, maybe a third for him. I don't know, but a fourth round pick is okay. If you're the Browns, you kind of need anything at this point, you know, whatever, try to get another piece to your team. Um, Disappointing season. (laughs) No doubt. I was very surprised they did not trade for Trent Williams. I thought they okay. were going to, but I believe like the first round pick is worth okay. it because there are lines of Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Go ahead, no. Uh, okay. yeah, I mean, that's much, but like a first round pick's fine. Redskins, what's the name? The Redskins are way too stingy because you're asking for a first round pick for a 32 year old offensive lineman who hasn't played a full season in two years and. You're, um, Washington is already overpaying him. You don't want to overpay a left tackle. Yeah, I get it. You're gonna. That's important though. Like the blind side, you really need like if you're like a young QB looking to gain his confidence needs time. Yeah, but nothing. if you're the Browns, do you give up a first round pick for a left tackle who most first of all didn't even pass his physical on um Wednesday. It didn't pass his physical because he it hurt when he put his helmet on. He didn't have a procedure uh, to get rid of a growth over the offseason, but can't pass a physical. That means he doesn't even want to play for the Redskins. If he can't pass a physical, then he's not going to be cleared until maybe next week. And that's going to be week nine at that point, which is already kind of too late. It's not too late, but it's kind of late for a new offensive tackle to be joining the party when the Browns already have too many offensive linemen struggles. And um, the Browns offered a second-round pick, and I think one of our cornerbacks or one of our wide receivers, I don't know, there was a player in there that wasn't named at all. But Higgins might have been It could have been Higgins. That. I don't know if it was Higgins. It could have been TJ Carey. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. If you are Washington, Washington you, if you are Greg Allen, you need to take this deal. You, are, you need to take a second-round pick. You're already going to get a first-round pick anyway because you guys are a terrible organization. You take a second-round pick, you're going to have, what, three second-round picks. You're fine. Take it and then – I think what the – Go ahead. Keep no. going. All right. All right. So what I think they should have done is said, all right, we'll give you the second-round pick for him. So, But if he signs next year, it will turn into a first-round pick. So you're guaranteed not too much to give up for the Browns, but like if he signs, which is great, and you have him for long term, then you get the first round pick. I mean, he's already saying that he doesn't want to play for them next season. So, it, it... yeah, no, like if he got traded to the Browns for the second round pick, then it turned to a first. If he signs with them. I think the Browns, they because they didn't give up anything for a left tackle who's 32, 
this draft class has a very good uh, left tackle group, including Andrew Thomas from Georgia, Walker Little from Stanford, uh, Tristan Wirfs from, I believe, Washington, Trey Smith from Tennessee. They, it's, it's some elite first-round tackles that are in this draft class, and they're going to have probably, what, top 12 pick, top 10 pick, so they could easily get one of those tackles and not have to give up a second-round pick for an expensive and 32-year-old guy when they can get a rookie deal 22-year-old. So I think that as long as they make – if they take a left tackle, that will be completely like Redskins, you really messed up because you got nothing for him and they just got a better left tackle or cheaper left tackle who's younger and you can develop instead of having to give up something. So exactly. we'll, we'll uh, get to that the, the left tackle draft in a minute. But a few, maybe one from each of us trades that we wish happened that were either rumored or made sense that didn't happen. So I – uh, Dominic, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, a trade I really wanted to happen was Melvin Gordon to the Buffalo Bills for whatever. But this is perfect for both teams because the Chargers are six and two without Eckler, with Eckler, no Melvin Gordon, which is a great record, and they're struggling right now with Melvin Gordon. Um, Melvin Gordon, um, running backs don't last long. Eckler can probably stay in shape longer because he hasn't really played that hard for a while. And the Bills, they've Frank Gore's are starting running back. Devin Singletary is semi on the uprise, but if they're what they're five and two, they need a running back. You can't have Frank Gore if you make the playoffs. Melvin Gordon would be a perfect piece. He's explosive. He might not what he is. He might not be what he's used to be, but they have a better O line than um, the Chargers because they lost Mike Pouncey. And I just think that would be great for both teams because Eckler's been performing, and you still and the Chargers could still get something out of a great running back. Yeah, I, I can mean, see that. I could see that. Yeah. Also, they, the Bills, who anyone, I saw a lot of experts, and I put that lightly because apparently they weren't experts, uh, that were having the Jets as finishing second in the division above the Bills. The Bills are underrated. The Bills are good. Continue, Noah. Need running back. That's true. <laughs> what would you have wanted to see, like, like, like equal value make sense for the Bills to give up for uh, Melvin Gordon? Um, I think, I think a second round pick in like a second and third. I, I think was thinking a enough. second and a third. They, like, yeah, they 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 already have Eckler, and it's two picks. You can't. You're not going to get a first because he hasn't been performing. I think that's just the perfect price. Noah, what's your trade that you wish happened that made sense but didn't? You know, I think. <sighs> Well, okay, so the first the, – the blown trade that I'm going to say is the Cowboys and the Jets. Cowboys Jamal Adams off- was not yeah. happy. Yeah. Jamal oh, yeah. Adams, first of all, wanted to give that city everything. He has given that city everything for the last couple of years that he's been in that city. And you're going to trade him. So now you have a angry Jamal Adams – you know, don't man- you- forgot to mention that Le'Veon Bell was. Oh yeah, yeah that was a fire sale. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the thing with Jamal Adams is he's given you what you want, and now you put him up for trade. Which, by the way, the Cowboys offered him a first round pick and two second round picks for Jamal Adams. If you're the Jets, you should take that and spend it on a wide receiver, and you know maybe I don't even know what you what you need. Like what else do they want? Yeah. Like a first and two. I I don't know what they want, and that's that's the thing that frustrates me is that now the Jets are going to have Jamal Adams, who's angry at them already. He said he's felt disrespected. 
he's you know saying well the Patriots don't listen to offers for Tom Brady which is a stretch he says the Rams don't listen a little to bit, offers for yeah. Aaron Donald which is also even a more of a stretch yeah the Jets needed to take this deal because Jamal Adams is not on the level of Aaron Donald or Tom Brady but it's, he is a top five safety like this, he is a top five safety the thing Derwin James ahead. I believe is better when healthy continue I don't know about okay. that, but um, <laughs> like the thing, if you if you say you're gonna tr- if you listen to offers and say like we'll trade them and you get that good of a deal, like that's about what you can dream of. Like you kind of have to accept it because now he's mad, like you guys are saying, and like this, like he's such a great player in a first round pick. Like I don't know if a safe, I mean a great safety, they don't need to draft that. But like what they need, they need O line, they need a receiver. They easily could draft like a with great a sec- safety in this draft they class need, though. They need yeah they. They obviously could, but, like, it's just – I thought that was worth it. If you say you're going to trade him and, it like, you, you kind of, like, want to trade him now because he, you know he's going to be a little mad. Like, if you get that great of an offer, I just don't know what they're looking for. It, it's, it's you know, got to be frustrating for, um, you know, Adam Gase, who already is putting up with a team who – I don't know. It's just kind of disrespect in a way because you have um, – what was his name? The offensive lineman, Kelmenchi, I don't know what his name Kalichi is. Kalichi Osemele. Yeah. He yes. was already frustrated with the team. And, yeah, I get it. You end up releasing him. But now that's, an, that's a hole in your offensive line that he also had a shoulder injury. I get that. He wanted a second opinion. He thinks, you know, he's fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> if he was fine, then you're putting a gap in your offensive line position – and now you are without a second-round pick. Two second-round picks, by the way. I know one would have been 2020, 2021. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You could have drafted an offensive lineman with that pick. You, you obviously could now have an offensive lineman still on your team and not being suspended for being disrespectful or not showing up to practice or whatever it was. And it's just kind of dumb that now the Jets are – the Jet season is already done in the first place. But it's – now you're leaving yourself in the future with nothing really. And it's, I, I don't know. It was just very dumb. And I think that trade should have went through, but whatever. I, yeah, I think maybe some of the reason they didn't accept it is because the Cowboys are a good team. Like say it was like the Bengals who offered that. I bet they would have accepted it. Cause that's like a top five pick guarantee. And so I think, I think that might be some of the reason why, but that's all I have. I, I agree with that. Also, uh, just, one thing, not really a trade that I wish happened, but a trade that did happen, and the impact, Minka Fitzpatrick traded to the Steelers for a first-round pick. That was mm-hmm. the Steelers' defense. I saw, I saw a stat a few days ago. The Steelers' defense before and after acquiring Minka has been drastically different, and the Steelers' first-round pick is going to be somewhere between 10 and 20, which is not the worst thing in the world. A lot of people thought it was going to be top five, and like, oh, yeah, they're getting robbed, but between 10 and 20 is not bad at all. And the Steelers were not going to take a quarterback this year because they have Rudolph, and there's already a safety in the draft, Grant Delpit, who they might have taken, but why not get a proven guy? So I just think that's a good use of that draft pick. Speaking of draft picks, oh, here's the Minka Fitzpatrick. Before Minka Fitzpatrick, they were 0-2 with 30.5 points per game allowed and 0.5 takeaways per game. Steelers, since trading for Minka Fitzpatrick, 3-2, and 16 points allowed per game and 3 takeaways per game. So their defense has been completely done mm-hmm. a, a whole 180. Speaking of draft picks, we have an NFL mock draft for you guys right now. So 
we are using Pro Football Focus's order, I believe. So, Noah, you want to start off with the first pick? Well, first of all, Pro Football Focus has the Bengals in, uh, with the first pick. So, everybody's speculating, you know, Tua or Trevor Lawrence. You know, I I think I am going to have to go. It says it right here. I'm going to have to go Joe Burrow on this pick just because he's an athletic quarterback. He He's a mobile quarterback. He can do, you know, what he wants. And um, it's – I don't know. He's – right now, for me, he's in the lead for the Heisman. It, well, not in the lead for Heisman, but top maybe top three. Top three, I Heisman. would say. Yeah. yeah. And it's – I think that that's the guy that they need, especially since you bench Andy Dalton. Um, and you're going to have a Ryan Finley take over for his place. I think if Andy uh, Dalton's about to be out of the window the, or out of the door, then it's going to be um, Joe Burrow to take his spot. I can see that. Also, the Bengals are playing. Who are the Bengals playing this week? They're playing. Oh, the right week. Got awesome. it. Got it. Got it. They're right. Cool. So the with the number two pick in this mock draft that we're seeing, I have the Dolphins, and they have Josh Rosen. They have Fitzpatrick, which that is not super relevant because he's old and not their QB of the future. And not part of their future at all, but they have Josh Rosen. So that's kind of complicating their draft scenario because they have, assuming Burrow goes one, they still have Tua and Herbert left on the, bo- on the board in like the top five. So yeah, I just, sure. I don't know about how they're going to do this because if they want a quarterback, they have them. But if they don't want a quarterback, then I would assume they would go Chase Young. And I think they kind of trust Josh Rosen, but then again, they just benched him. Uh, I see them. I feel like it's been too much hype to not go with Tua, and the fans will be so disappointed if Tua falls to them at not really fall, but goes is available at two and doesn't get taken by them. So I have, uh, I guess Miami will take Tua. All right. So I have the third pick, and I have the Redskins. So um, this um. Secondary is horrific. Josh Norman's getting old. Um, they have Quentin Dunbar, uh, Fabian Moreau, and it needs help. So there's a great candidate for probably the best cornerback in this draft is Jeffrey o- Okuda. I sorry about the pronunciation, but this guy has three interceptions already, one forced fumble, three pass defended, seventeen tackles. I mean, nothing crazy, but. I mean, this guy's just, he's a lockdown corner, a true number one. And with Josh Norman act, absolutely being just like garbage, <laughs> and Quentin Dunbar cannot be a number one corner. And so they absolutely need to draft this guy. He's a beast. And I cannot see him going with yeah, anybody else. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, I like that pick. Um, a corner but- top three is, hasn't happened in a while. But I mean, for a player of his caliber, I think it's definitely a. Uh, viable option yeah uh, without a doubt um fourth i have the atlanta hawks falcons falcons i am sorry um (laughs) man uh dylan took my guy i wanted chase young but i didn't take i didn't take him you didn't all right i took Tua. i said the dolphins are taking Tua because they are (laughs) there was too much hype around Tua to not take him you're right 
So um, I'm going to take Chase Young. Uh, yes, sir. Because, you know, Vic Beasley, obviously, we've talked about it. Can't get rid of him. You're probably going to end up releasing him. I think he's on the final year of his contract. So if he's not producing, you got to get the defensive Heisman candidate. The only and they couldn't find a trade Heisman for Beasley candidate. as well. Yeah. So um, I, I don't. I just think Chase Young is the obviously viable option, and he's already on what uh, nine sacks, I think. Something like no, that's five. I think it's more so, than that. I don't know how many he's on right now, but he's obviously just a monster. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's like a that's like a elite NFL season. He's done in eight games, NFL season sixteen. He's insane. Exactly. He's he's a monster. Yeah, it's so I I'm gonna go Chase Young. I can definitely see that. If the if the first two picks are quarterbacks, then who's picking third? It's the Redskins? No. Yeah. I mm-hmm. they need they need everything. So I could easily see them going best player on the board, which yeah. is Chase Young. But yeah. If if they take Okuda, then Falcons should take Chase Young at four. So now number five, we have the New York Jets. Huh. So they, <laughs> as most of these teams do, besides the Falcons, because the Falcons have talent at more positions than these other five teams that we have mentioned so far, the Jets need talent everywhere. It's they they need it everywhere. So I, their O line is bad. Their D line is bad. There's not a D lineman who, who I would see them see any take any any team taking in the top five. Same thing with a linebacker. Same thing with a secondary player besides Okuda. Only thing I can see the Jets going with here is offensive line, and I think they choose between the two top tackles in the draft, the three top tackles in the draft, really Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs. Trey Smith, Walker Little, among those guys. Uh, I think Andrew Thomas makes a lot of sense here. I have, I would say the Jets either take Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirfs, who I believe went to Washington. So I would, I'll go with Andrew Thomas at five for the uh, for the New York Jets. Um, so I have six. This is the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe. Um, so at first I was thinking Jerry Judy. Then DJ Shark has gone DJ off. Is, he's having a great year. D.D. Westbrook's still pretty young. And then they have Chris Conley, who middle of the pack. Um, so, as first I was thinking them. Then I was thinking QB. Then I was like, Gardner, I think they're going to ride him while Foles is still there. Then I probably I shift to O-line. Um, I think they're going to take Tristan Wirfs. He's actually from uh, Iowa. I, so I, I, knew, I knew I was wrong. But, um. But he's been like, a, just a, been a great player overall. I mean, he's a solid guy on the O line. He's an offensive tackle, um, and he's just that's they, that's what they need. They need Fournette's been having a good year, but he has been not having really a very scoring. Good year. And they need to, yeah, they need him to start scoring touchdowns. They can't run the ball from inside the five. It's kind of sad, and um, they need to protect their young quarterback or old quarterback, um, Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew, and give them some time to throw these electric receivers. Their defense line, defensive line's solid. I was thinking Grant Delpit for a second, but I think A.J. Boye can hold down the secondary. Linebackers, Miles Jack, Calais Campbell, I think O-line's the only pick here. I, I definitely can see that. Um, I, unfortunately, have the Browns. 
So, do you guys want to hear what we should take or, you know, what everybody thinks we should take or what we should take? Well, you guys, well, yeah, you guys want to hear what we should take. You're right. Um, so, you know, everybody's like, offensive line. We need an offensive line. D- John Dorsey has pulled off 10 trades in the short span that he has been in Cleveland. Therefore, I think that they can get a perfectly fine offensive lineman over the offseason. Now, our weak spot. Christian Kirksey is out. Who do I think can fill that void? Isaiah Simmons. Okay. Isaiah Simmons Ooh. will go number seven in the 2020 <laughs> NFL draft. Just because he is a perfect zone um, line uh, linebacker. Blitzing linebacker. He's a freak. He can Whatever do you need. Everything. He's all over the field, dude. He is going 20 yards down the field, covering a cornerback, whatever you need him to do. That is the Cleveland Browns guy. Um, I Unfortunately, if you take this pick, I think Christian Kirksey is going to be cut. Um, I love Christian Kirksey. Cleveland loves Christian Kirksey. You can't have Cleveland without Christian Kirksey, but it is going to have you to might... happen. Yeah, so it is going to be Isaiah Simmons from the University of Alabama. Clemson. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Okay, so at eight, the Dolphins. I don't think they're taking D line because they have Christian Wilkins from last year, from twenty nineteen draft. I don't see them taking. I don't see them taking O line just because there's a. Mm. You know, it'd be pretty interesting, Jerry Judy to match him up with Tua. Cool. I was thinking about that, but okay. Uh, I don't see them taking O line just because there's a slight drop off between. Thomas Wirfs to Little, but I just I could see them taking someone that could replace or at least be like a role filler of recently traded Minka Fitzpatrick. Y'all know who it is? Who? Yep. Grant Delpit. LSU safety. He has been a stud. He's the best safety in college football going number eight to the Dolphins. It makes a lot of sense. I think the it would it's kind of ironic as well because the fact that they traded their they traded their star safety for a first round pick and now they're using that first round pick to get a safety it's kind of weird uh that's just because of this order he easily could be taken by then if the Steelers pick is higher than if it's lower in the draft than ten or higher than ten you know what I mean yeah. so I I can see them taking Grant Delpit it's kind of ironic but he's a probably the best player available on defense for them. Um so next at nine I've um the New York Giants. And this was a tough decision for me. I think I was going with Del Pitt before he took him. It was between him, Del it was between Del Pitt and a few others. Um so at first when I was looking at this pick, I I, I was pretty sure I, if Epineza was there uh, from yeah. Iowa. I was pretty sure I was taking him. Oh but like now that I realize they just I mean they just traded for Leonard Williams, which alters my decision as well. Um Daniel Jones needs some targets. Golden Tate's getting old. Evan Engram's an electric target, but you need somebody on the outside. I think they're taking t- Jerry fun Judy offense. with this pick. Yeah. Uh, that is such a fun oh, offense. That is gonna be a fun Saquon offense. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. I need to Judy, dig my Giants Judy's. jersey out of the chat. Engram, Jerry Judy. Um Jerry Judy, fifty two receptions, six hundred and eighty two yards, eight Eight touchdowns, having a great year. Of course, Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback. 
Um, this this guy would put their offense as a top tier, I believe, if Daniel Jones continues to progress. And then later in the second rounds, um, I think they're going to um, go defense. Um, so I think Jerry Judy is the best pick for the Giants at nine. That would be a fun offense. Now I have the Chargers at and that, number at 10. the tenth pick. We're going so we could pick. I don't know. Let's pick the pick the the teams that are currently slated at ten, eleven, and twelve, and let's pick like a sleeper pick or just yeah, we could do like a sleeper pick that's maybe not already in the top ten or that maybe is like lower in the in the teens or twenties. And let's just pick. So you have the Chargers. Pick your sleeper, I guess, Noah. Okay, well, I have obviously I have um, been debating. Uh, man, all right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I don't know if this is a sleeper. I think he's gonna go first round anyway. But I'm gonna go Jake from. Oh, just because I was thinking I heard that Jay, and I was thinking Justin Herbert, but okay. I was thinking J.K. Dobbins, and I was like, well, they have Melvin Gordon and, you know, and, Eckler. and yeah. Justin Johnson, whatever. They don't need it. Yeah. So, Jake Fromm, I think, just because we have seen Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback, not even anywhere close to the passing anywhere um, last year, getting taken before. Um, so I think Jake Fromm, just because of how the draft has been working out, Jake Fromm is going to go before Justin Herbert. Jake from um has a amazing football mind. It's just kind of insane how he can read defenses. He does have a higher football IQ than Herbert and Tua. Yeah, he has um obviously championship experience. He's been to the championship what three times? Um, two SEC. Times. Yeah, SEC championship uh twice, Natty once. Yeah, and that's just you need a guy like that mindset. You're not going to get that with Justin Herbert. Um. I I just think that this is going to be the right pick for the Chargers, just because uh, Philip Rivers. Yes, Philip Rivers is kind of losing his edge. Not yeah, he just, is. They kind of, they're looking into a quarterback right now. I just think that that is going to be the pick um, for them. All right, at number eleven, the Titans are listed here. The Titans so they have Kevin Byard, <clears throat> they have Dory Jackson, so their secondary is, is decent. Linebackers could use some work, but it's all right. They have A.J. Brown on offense. I mean, they do need – I don't know if they're ready to give up on Mariota yet. That's the thing. Do you guys know. think they're ready to give up on him? I think, I think they, they need, need to. to but they I don't say they're not ready. They will. They say they're not uh, so ready. So if but they yeah. 